So we're continuing with this 10 interview series in partnership with the Central Energy Fund, which features various stakeholders in the energy sector. The series unpacks relevant issues within the sector and provides insight into what South Africa collectively needs to do to ensure power security for all. Today we're talking about the LPGSA, its mission, its vision and mandate, and to educate us on it, we're joined on the line by Khadibulai Diklavi, Managing Director. Director, Liquefied Petroleum Gas Association of South Africa. Haribulai, good morning. Thank you so much for your time. What is the primary objective of LPGSA as a non-profit organization? Okay. Uh, thank you, KG, for the invitation and thank you to your listeners um, for inviting us here. Um, the Liquefied Petroleum Gas Association of South Africa, like you said, is a non-profit organization. And our primary objective is to really uh, promote the safe and compliant use of, of um, LPG uh, in South Africa. And this will then allow the industry to grow sustainably. Um, and um, as well, I guess, uh, to assist in um, alleviating the pressures of uh, energy requirements in the country uh, from the, the ESCOM grid. So how does LPGSA then contribute to the promotion of LPG safety in South Africa? Okay. So I think um, many consumers or many users out there or potential users are really afraid of using LPG. So we we, 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 we contribute by going through uh, consumer education on LPG safety um, and, and assisting um, people to overcome their fears uh, on this. But at the same time, we engage with uh, important stakeholders like government stakeholders, uh, NGOs, um, and obviously media uh, at times, um, law enforcement at times, uh, regarding the regulations and national standards uh, around LPG. And um, we also... Um, work with our international counterparts, uh, learn from them and bring into the country um, the best uh, global practices out there around the use of LPG. Other countries have been using this product for a very long time. Uh, we are kind of like lagging as a country uh, with regards to the use. And this is probably emanating from all the fears that people have. Mm. And then what is the vision of, uh, you know, LPGSA regarding the LPG industry in our country? We really do want to see LPG um, contributing um, the way we all know it sh- it, w- it can uh, into our energy mix. Uh, we don't really want it to be just an energy for, for now when we are experiencing load shedding. We want to make uh, people recognize that it's actually a very useful, sustainable and clean energy source uh, to continuously use uh, as a country. Yeah. And then why is LPG uh, Hadibulai uh, considered a desirable energy option in South Africa? Um, so, Keiji, you know most um, that we, as a country, we are talking about energy transition, mm-hmm. uh, just energy transition. And uh, by now, we have uh, heard many countries have said and realized that um, it, it, we are not opposed to energy transition. Uh, however, we know that energy transition should happen at an affordable pace for different economies. And that goes the same with us. We've heard all that uh, from our um, uh, minister uh, saying all that throughout. And uh, we believe LPG lends itself to this energy transition as an energy source that is like already available. Um, it's already affordable. 
and it actually uh, has low emissions. It emits less than any other or compared uh, to biomasses and coal. And so therefore, it is an, an ideal source of energy uh, for, the, uh, for our economy in South Africa for this energy transition. Yeah. So, I mean, let's focus our discussion also on the safety campaign, the LPG SA's safety campaign. When did uh, LPG SA launch the LPG safety and promotions campaign? Okay. Uh, the campaign was launched um, on the 1st of July this year. But I must tell you that it's been a long time, uh, a long time coming uh, discussion between ourselves and the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy and obviously the Department of Employment and Labor. But uh, it, this particular campaign started on the 1st of July. Uh, and we started it on social media where we are actively doing uh, organic uh, organic searches um, on LPG commentary. Uh, and where required, we actually correct uh, the narrative or the myths that are being talked about there. Uh, so we we respond by using educational material uh, to some posts where are required. Uh, the second part of it, we actively go into communities for activation and assist addressing people's um, questions on the concerns around LPG. To date, we've been to Soweto, Orange Farm, and Halishewe, and it's encouraging to see that um, this was a much-needed education, uh, a much-needed campaign, and we will be going through um, around the whole uh, country in all the provinces. And um, we, I must also mention that when we are doing uh, campaigns in every province, we are using the language that is comfortable to people in that um, uh, area so that they can understand and they can safely uh, go back home and use LPG accordingly. And and who is LPG SA partnering with for the LPG safety campaign? Um, we are definitely partnering with the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy in this campaign uh, because as, 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 as a government entity, are responsible for energy policy in the country. They um sorry, they 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 they, they are basically um encouraging South Africans to use this and they are ask, asking LPGSA to assist in teaching uh the countries to to use um LPG safely. Yeah. So I mean perhaps I should also have asked what are the key objectives of the LPG safety campaign in the first place? Okay, so really the purpose of the campaign is exactly that, to educate South Africans um, on how to use LPG safely in their homes. And um, if you remember, um, last year in May, uh, there was a publication of the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy LPG. Uh, which is aiming uh, to ask LPG um, to the country to use LPG for their household um, for thermal use. And this was meant to take, uh, or this is meant uh, to take pressures off the um, electricity grid. So um, then that's where the, 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 the promotion and um, say of safety campaign uh, emanated from. Uh, and we are trying to manage people's fears around the use of LPG. Yeah. So what is the campaign's target in terms, you know, of converting new LPG users? Okay. So ideally, we would like all households um, to switch to use to cooking with LPG. Uh, can you imagine at five o'clock uh, when we all come back home that there is no load shedding? We'll really appreciate that. So, and that will be, that's the contribution LPG can make. But we want all LSM groups to do that. 
um but um with this campaign in the short to medium um mid, short to medium terms we are hoping that 1.5 million households will voluntarily switch to using lpg is it expensive uh, you know that's that's a question i th- i thought we should add uh in terms of affordability mm. is it uh, affordable um uh, Look, I'm an LPG advocate, so I will say yes, it is affordable. Yes, but in reality, LPG is 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 affordable um, to use and is more efficient to use, uh, or if used efficiently, it is affordable. And uh, I I can make an example for 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 the listeners. If you are using your LPG cylinder correctly, example, you have a hot plate, mm-hmm. a two plate um, LPG stove, mm-hmm. and you are using it correctly with, let's say, with a seven kg. Uh, cylinder to cook um that lpg if you are using it proper should last you over a month hmm. is, so and, that, and, no go on yeah so and on. and and um yes and many many consumers ask this but mine finishes quickly um so that's because people don't realize even when you look cooking with electricity you cook pap, for example. Mm. You let it boil. You soak the pap, and then um, you reduce the so- the, 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 the fire, mm. the heat. And then, when you are reducing the heat, it means only our allowable energy is being used. You are not excessively using energy unnecessary. And obviously, you need to mind your pap must cook and finish. It can't cook for one hour. Pap doesn't cook for one hour. And um, so, it's simple steps like that through this campaign that we are teaching people. Yeah. Reduce the fire for your energy to look. Do not just leave um, your your fire, your water boiling, for example, kettle boiling in there. You're yeah. wasting energy. Energy yeah. is expensive. So then if that's the case, why are some households hesitant to, to even switch to LPG, as you mentioned in your campaign details? Okay. Um, it's because of this fears. Um, of 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 like uh, you know you've had LPG is a bomb, mm. and the the, na- the or a cylinder is a bomb, mm. um, or the narrative that is really misleading. One of my favorite narratives is that LPG gives you flu, um, <laughs> <laughs> and um and 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 it's all those that are creating fears or instilling fears in people's um ideas. So people don't understand different types of gases. Mm. They don't understand different types of cylinders. And so what is available and known to us coming in a cylinder is gas. Uh, people are thinking, in my house, I'm using gas. No, in your house, you are using the liquefied petroleum gas. You are not just using any gas. You are using a liquefied petroleum gas, uh, which is a cooking gas. And... Um, this cooking gas, I can 100% assure you, if mm. you use it safely, it is and handle it safely. It is safe to use for your whole, for yeah. your household. Because it it sounds to me like education is 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 what is needed then to uh, sort of uh, redefine the narrative or the stereotypes. So which leads me here: what innovative mm. solutions are you uh, availing to potential consumers to alleviate these safety concerns that you know, like you just said, that some say it causes flu, for example. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so KG, um, I like 
like this question very much uh, because I think it's the most um, mis- uh, misunderstood question ever, um, or at least the response thereof. Um, th- there are many safety devices or many safety elements that are inbuilt within your LPG cylinder and your LPG appliances. And I'm going to mention a few. So the cylinder valve, right, on top of your cylinder uh, is actually incorporated with a safety device uh, that is meant to protect the cylinder from exploding. So when somebody says to us an LPG cylinder exploded, we go, really? Um, Then we start our investigation because we know such thing is very difficult to happen. Uh, So the cylinder valve basically is fitted with what we call the um, pressure release valve. When a pressure release valve, when the the, the pressure is building, for example, in the cylinder, mm. uh, the the PRV as we refer to it, um, is is allows for the cylinder like um, releases itself, for example, opens up, mm. and to allow for the cylinder pressure to 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 be at the correct and safe level, mm. and then it's protecting you from the cylinder from exploding. However, if the valve is filled with, which is often the case when you take your cylinder to unauthorized dealers. Um, it, it, we know definitely some, vol- some valves will end up in an incident and things like LPG cylinder explosion happened. Um, again, that is very rare, but you should not fiddle with that valve, even if you are a user. We always recommend uh, that they, and encourage the consumer to always buy their cylinders, uh, make sure that they buy a permitted cylinder, uh, which is fitted. We know we can guarantee that it's fitted with a tested and uh, permitted valve. Uh, the next thing is basically the cylinder material itself is evolving. Right. Um, and uh, we have new materials such as composite cylinders, aluminium cylinders that allows for ease of transportation. They are much more like uh, lighter um, and, and they are coming in into the country slowly. Currently, we are still using very much famous with the steel, but the other materials are coming in. And these are lighter to carry for people who are going to go long distances and things like that. Mm. Um, but then again, the appliances itself, your stove, your heaters, your geysers. I don't know if many people understand that this <laughs> LPG geyser out there mm. are fitted with uh, a safety device which is called a, a flame failure device um, which automatically stops gas flow in the line uh, your pipes and your your hoses uh, as soon as the flame on the stove stops for example mm. so once that flame goes off the FFD basically stops the gas on its own and it helps avoid uncontrollable leaks. Uh, When you use your heaters and your fireplaces, for example, uh, those are fitted with oxygen depletion sensors Uh, because those you use like uh, long term. You don't just cook and finish up. You heat up your home, you get comfortable, it's nice and warm, you watch TV. So these um, um, flame uh, oxygen depletion sensors assist to uh, like with monitoring the oxygen levels uh, in the appliances itself, when especially that appliances is used for a long term, but is also used um, uh, indoors. And yeah. again, KG, we tell the consumer this all the time and encourage them all the time. Yeah. Um, all your appliances need to be permitted because permitted appliances are tested correctly. And to find all your tested um, appliances and permitted appliances and um cylinders please check in lpgsa website um um, you will see where the question pops says is my appliances and cylinder permitted yeah and you search there the name that's there you put it in there and you look for the number 
if it's if it's not there, it's not permitted. It's not safe to use. Yeah. So let let me ask uh, for your indul- indulgence, Khadibulai. Uh, we have to go to a quick commercial break, and then we'll mm-hmm. continue uh, with uh, the managing director of the Liquefied Petroleum Gas Association of South Africa and talk safety tips when we come back in a short while. Welcome back. It's eleven twenty-three. We're talking to Khadibulai Dikavi, uh, who's the managing director of Liquefied Petroleum Gas Association in South Africa in a 10 interview series in partnership with the Central Energy Fund and uh, it features various stakeholders and we're unpacking relevant issues within the sector and provide insight into what we collectively need to do to ensure power security for all of us. Uh, We have a voice note question for you, uh, Khadibulai. Hi KG, I wanted to ask, how do you deal with the issue of a naked flame because we don't have electricity sometimes, so you need a candle and you have LPG gas in your house. How do you deal with that, safety-wise? Safety-wise. Did you hear the question, Khadibulai? Um, I heard the question, yeah. uh, and thank you to the listener for that. Mm-hmm. So let, let's start here. In the case where you smell um, like a, a chemical coming out, we call it uh, ethylene mechanical. Um, many people refer to it as smelled gas. So let's use that narrative. If you smell gas uh, in the house and you are about to switch on either a light or a flame like a candle, um, we encourage you to not switch on your, 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 your LPG appliances, your cylinder or anything, because then, or even the light of that flame, for example, uh, make sure that everything is tightly outside, uh, I mean tight, uh, and then take your cylinder outside. Uh, open the windows uh, to allow that uh, smell of of gas uh, to to go out. But what we also then encourage you is to do a a soapy test. What the soapy test will will do is to uh, inform you if um, there is a leak within your your system, your gas system. Uh, the soapy test is literally your liquid uh, soap um, and added with water. You take your sponge or your little bit of um, like a hanged um, cloth and you spray this um, solution in all the joints of your uh, cylinder, of your appliances, and you slightly open the gas and see. When you see bubbles, don't open a lot, uh, slightly open. And when you see bulbs uh, um, developing, uh, switch off safely and don't use that appliances and and take it to to your dealer or call your installer if it's a fixed installation yeah so then in terms of uh, uh installation why is it crucial to have a qualified professional install your lpg system so all the lpg installers are highly trained to south african regulations which is pressure equipment regulations uh, under the OSHAC. Um, and uh, the uh, and and the national standards, um, and and this is to make sure that they ensure the safety and the compliance of that installation, as well as the safety of you, the user. Um, they are also trained and uh, can confirmed are confirmed to be competent to work strictly in strict compliance uh, environment, such as gas environment, and which means then they have a legal responsibility towards you as the consumer uh, and can be held accountable for the safety of the consumer in the case of an incident. So, but then the consumer yourself, you have responsibility in this element of your 
uh, professionally installed um, systems. Um, as a consumer, you are required to ensure all the time that you procure uh, the services of a licensed SAQCC gas LPG installer. Um, and you can contact us or go to SAQCC gas website to look for a, 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 a licensed uh, installer in your region. Um, and then uh, make sure that all your like uh, on the completion of, of your installation, you receive a certificate of conformity, which is a COC. And I must stress a COC is not a paper. It's actually digital. It's supposed to be sent to you via email uh, on, on your phone. Uh, we have a copy of it. SAQCC just has a copy of it. Uh, the installer has a copy of it and you, the consumer has a copy of it so when there's an incident the first point of contact where we go all of us to do investigation with the department of employment and labor is actually the coc mm. but also i need to warn the consumer many many insurance companies if they realize that your installation was not done by a qualified and trained and licensed installer they will not pay for your claim and that's the most disheartening thing that we ever have to face here uh, in addition to obviously incidents that causes injury yeah. is that people's houses have been down because they opted to use an illegal person who said to them i can use i can install this a a a, a plumber an electrician unless they can show you um their lpg or saqcc gas license um, they are not qualified to do a, um, a, a an installation of LPG. Only SAQCC gas licensed installer can do that. Okay. So we will really appreciate if the consumers follow those guidelines as well. Yeah, we've got another voice note uh, from a listener for you, Hadi. Okay. Good morning, good morning, Oskechi, and good morning to your guest, Oskechi. As a tracker, we keep this uh, LPG gas in our boots of the truck. And we are traveling, like if you travel between Kezeren and uh, Hauteng, you see that that road, N2, it's so bumpy. So the the, 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 the the cylinder is shaking, shaking all over the place. I know you have to keep it upright, but is it safe? Is it safe? Is it safe to have it in the, in the, in the, in the, in the boot of the truck? When did it explode? When did it explode? Valid question. Uh, do you want to respond, Hadi? Yes, I, I, I'm not sure if he said the L, L, LPG cylinder that he's keeping in the truck with. Yes, and he says when he goes through potholes, uh, he worries yeah. that it might explode from, I suppose, the bumping on the road. Okay, so I think he rightfully said um, the cylinder must be transported upright, in an upright position. So if it's in the boot, for example surely it's gonna like um go places and may um tilt and and fall and things like that um however you need to always ensure that you have tightened your cylinder um whenever you are using it for road we do know that people go for camping with cylinders uh tighten it up tighten your valve make sure your your valve is tight keep the cylinder on an upright uh position Whenever you are transporting it, it doesn't matter where you are transporting it. And then always make sure before you light it up, um, just in case something happened and then it got in, into um, some sort of like, um, like he said, it tilted and then something came loose. We don't know what can come loose. Always do that soapy test on the cylinder to see if there are no, um, what do you call it? There are no um, 
you know, bulbs and some leaks that could uh, have emanated or damages that could have emanated uh, from the cylinder itself. Uh, so that that's the advice that we can give. But he said something about the cylinder may explode. Remember, I spoke earlier around uh, PRV. Mm. The cylinder valve itself is meant, is made, uh, or uh, is in, at least fitted with that device called uh, a PRV, which basically makes sure that uh, in the case of an incident, um, the, the, this, the, the pressure or when the pressure builds in the cylinder, um, that it, um, it literally allows for the pressure to be at the right levels like it will release it accordingly and close it accordingly uh, so um i think those are the advices that i can give but they can follow our website for more advices around delivering or, or man, uh, traveling with uh, a cylinder yeah and that website is our website is www.lpgas.co.za and follow where you are seeing the gaspar campaign Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time uh, this morning, Khadibulaidi Klabi, MD, Liquefied Petroleum Gas Association of South Africa. Thank you. Thank you very much, KG, and your listeners. Thank you. It's 11.31, the news headlines now with Nomalizo Mandela. You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SAFM. It's 11.34 on SFM. So we end the show today by talking about the People's Fund. It is a purchase order funding company that has, over the past five years, outlaid 350 million rands in capital, funded over 2,000 businesses, and enabled half a billion in turnover for emerging businesses. To explain how it works and how SMMEs can qualify, we're joined by Luanda Jafta, CEO of the People's Fund. And maybe... We start there, uh, Luanda, by explaining what the People's Fund is all about. Good morning. Good morning, KG. Um, thanks for having us. Um, what is the People's Fund? Um, primarily, what we are is a purchase order funding company. And what that means is somebody gets a contract from corporate or government, we provide the capital so that they can execute on that order. Mm-hmm. And the beauty and magic of it is that we get this capital from everyday people like yourself and myself right who've contributed you know from as little as 100 rand all the way to a few millions right so that's how we've built the business over the last six years yeah so i mean how do you even uh, source the entrepreneurs who come through with their purchase orders how basically what i'm saying is how does the system work Got you. So how we source the entrepreneurs is is, is, is pretty straightforward for, from our perspective. So we use the digital marketing for the most part, right? But our system, what we did is we created it so that it could talk to the entrepreneurs who are often excluded in financial systems. So the People's Fund in the six years it's existed, it's been part of something called the Interfin- Intergovernmental Fintech Working Group where the regulators were saying we don't have bespoke regulation to govern how people access credit because we have not offered credit to the marginalized black-owned businesses in the country. What we came and did is we said, listen, as the fund, right? Um, most people who've got an order, for example, for 50,000 rand, right, from mm. corporate or government, mm. they might have been doing two to 10,000 rand per month in sales. Under the Credit Act, they don't qualify to access credit for 50,000 rand. What we said is, how do we make this work for them? So we'd often buy the goods from the suppliers, resell them to them on terms, right? But our entire objective was always to make it accessible to the everyday entrepreneur without causing an intimidation um, to them 
by what the financial sector has always done you know and we we feel like every other business in in the world um the the the, the suppliers always trying to make the customer um, um um happy finance is the only one where the the customer has to prove themselves to the supplier we thought that we needed to change that on its head. And how do you end up getting your money back? Because if it is me who has to uh, get the business from whoever and I crowdfund, uh, you crowdfund for me to get the 50000 I need to deliver on my order, I'm assuming that whoever I'm delivering my order to pays me. How then do you yep. get your money back? A hundred percent. So we've got a bunch of technologies that we uh, install on, for example, the entrepreneur's account. There's a whole process we follow in that regard, right? Mm-hmm. To ensure that we get payments, right? Um, and 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 that technology tells us on the day you get paid that you've gotten paid, and then it extracts our money. But more important than that is in our vetting process. So instead of trying to fix a problem, we try prevent one, right? So in our vetting process, we evaluate the customer you're working for you as the entrepreneur, right? And evaluate whether you, you that customer would be able to pay us and whether that customer is a good payer. So we've got some of the preferred uh, customers on our website, but more than anything, um, 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 we, we, tend, we tend to work with customers we know that will pay on time and that sort of thing. Yeah. So you're going public with the objective of raising 200 million rand in in, in equity investment to realize uh, this opportunity that you say you've built over the past six years. Tell me about that. Got you. So as you can hear in the name, it says the People's Fund, right? And one of the things we've always uh, had an interest in is people solving their own problems. Now, all of us uh, have watched the state of the country first and foremost. Um, we all feel powerless to how that is working. And from the day one, what we wanted to show people is that there's no such thing as government. Um, there's people we elect to do the work for us as the people. So we wanted each person to know that in their individual corner, they've got the power to change the 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 the, the status quo of the country. So what we're doing with the capital raise is the same thing. We're raising 200 million, where each uh, each and every day, everyday people can each own a share in the company from as little as a thousand rand, right? We're going public and it's public and listed. So we're going all the way up until the point where you, you, you'd you need a JSE listing and we're taking it a step back so that it's easily accessible on our website and that sort of thing, right? And each person would be able to own one share of the People's Fund um, um, for a thousand rand. And what we'll do with that is, 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 is threefold. This is amazing. One, Sorry, One, I'm thinking out yeah. loud. Yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do three three folds of things we're going to do. One, we're going to fund purchase orders, right? Funding purchase orders means we'll be able to provide the capital that is required so that um, the, the, the things that happen in the country happen fast. Government spends a trillion a year buying from businesses, and we want to increase the access to that, which leads to the second thing we're going to be doing. Second thing is we're going to be training a lot more people in purchase order funding. You know... Um, Often when we hear the word tenderpreneur, we have a very, very ugly association with it. And we also have a skin color associated with it, right? Mm. That it's a that, that, that it's a black entrepreneur making corrupt uh, business with government, you know? Mm-hmm. And and the, 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 the numbers on the ground actually don't back this up. Because if you look at the trillion that government spends, less than 10% goes to black-owned businesses, right? So there's a very little participation from black entrepreneurs with government in the first place. So what we want to do is actually increase the participation of emergent, unemployed youths, women to participate in the process. So we want to train them 
how to tender. But the more important thing about training them how to tender is actually teach them how to hold government accountable. So it will bring the price of things down because there'll be more people tendering. But secondly, it will also force government to move out of any corrupt and nepotistic relationships because we're going to audit those processes with the with the with the twenty thousand students that we we bring up. And the third fold is hopefully if we do this effectively, we'll grow the value of your shares as a shareholder. And I go back to my to you know to my thought that came out earlier. I think it's an amazing concept, right? And it, it 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 sounds like you've raised already uh, 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 since your call uh, over thirty million rand. You have another hundred and seventy million to go. But my, I'm inclined to think if you know uh, you're raising from as little as a thousand rand a grand per person uh, yeah. for Homozo uh, to give you a grand and gets a share in the People's Fund and whatever you. What happens if you go beyond what you targeted, if you go beyond that 200 million rand? Oh, thank you. We, we, we'll take, we'll take, we'll take the, that's, that's speaking into existence, the future of the campaign. But I mean, but I mean it's possible. It's possible, right? A hundred percent, hundred percent. So our intention is to cap the, 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 what we're initially offering to the public for that full 200, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then what we're going to have it sit on is an exchange, right? And on that exchange, we'll trade very much like any other share, right? So other, if somebody's interested, they'll be in, uh, think of it like a waiting, uh, a waiting list for buying shares. And if somebody wants to sell their shares, they'll sell them to the next person. So then, and create a market where we're buying and reselling. Um, the shares. So that that's our intention is to fully fully capitalize the full two hundred million. Then the people who want more post that would start creating the market for the sh- shares to be bought and sold. And and to what degree do you deal with issues of distrust? Because I'm glad that you mentioned the issue of tenderpreneurs. Because a lot of people will think mm, sounds too good to be true. What if I put in my one thousand rand that I've worked so hard for, and you know they yeah. disappear, they go underground, or whatever the case may be? How do you deal with that with that perception if you may or distrust that may exist from you know potential people that may want to invest their grant with the people's fund yeah so one of the big things we put on the website is our business plan so that anyone has got a reference to it to see what our intentions are Uh, we've done crowdfunding campaigns before and some of them worked out some of them didn't and what we try to do at all times is keeping communication with the general crowd, right? Mm. What is important whenever you're investing um, in a small business, right? The thing you have to be very cognizant of is that it is a small business. You can't predict the absolute future. We've all got plans, uh, as Mike Tyson said, until we get punched in the face, right? Absolutely. Um, So... (laughs) So, so our intention is never to 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 promise, uh, ridic- make ridiculous promises and guarantees of of their success. What we want is people to know that listen, we're going to try something because you know it's better than us sitting on the sideline and saying government doesn't work, this doesn't work, un- unemployment is bad. It's like, man, let's try something, and if we succeed, we're going to grow together and we're going to grow our keep together. Yeah. Lastly, uh, I want to hear a success story uh, from yourselves as uh, the People's Fund as as we wrap up and, and a quick encouragement again for people to get involved with the People's Fund. Got you. So the success story for us is that we've built this um, with more than 5,000 5, uh, people involved in some way or another, right? Which is just the beginning. And we want to move that to 100,000. And for anyone who wants to participate, they could go to the website on thepeople.co.za um, and, and, and either 
look for funding or um, provide capital um, and, and buy shares. You know? Yeah. Listen, good luck. It sounds really innovative. Uh, good luck. And uh, hopefully we talk again when it's done and uh, you, you tell me uh, what happens now with uh, the 200 million <laughs> and, and the crowdfunding that you've done. Thank you, Leander Jafta, CEO of the People's Fund. It's time for the book reading. Um, Hoodie, Dr. Saul Plakis is, is narrated by Silo Mutlou.